Good morning, good morning, good morning. We are back. I have been a horrible uh, guest. I have been a horrible host. I have been horrible at unfortunately being consistent. And unfortunately, anything in this world, if you want to be great at it, you must be consistent. So I have a goal in order to be consistent. And I think that goal, honestly, would be to go 21 days straight without stopping. By the way, shout out to Bezo. Thank you for being here today early in the morning with us. I know you're getting ready to head on to that good old job. Enjoy your day at work, my boy, and hopefully we have a good conversation. But yeah, my new goal is for the next 21 days, which scientifically proven, who knows, after 21 days after doing something, it becomes a habit. So we're going to see if I stream, talk, do podcasts, 21 days straight, will I become consistent. So we're going to test that theory, right? And I think it, part of it is true because um, I'm not a big camera person. So the, the, the hard part about it, right, is actually want to be heard and not say anything that can potentially incriminate myself. Not incriminate myself, but like people are so sensitive to this these days. And I'd be a liar if I said I didn't care what people think of me because what people think of me honestly determines my money and my career, unfortunately, being in film production, entertainment. So um, regardless of how I may think about certain things, I have to watch what I say because you never know at what point now that something may offend somebody just based on the facts of what you know or how you were raised, right? And when I mean the facts of how you are raised, it's just I'm talking about very, very simple things. I'm not talking about the things that translate to um, other things, right? Anyway, so yeah, that's my thing. So the schedule hopefully is going to be 9 p.m. Eastern. <clears throat> that means it'll be 8 p.m. Uh, Central, and it would be 6 p.m. Uh, I mean, 6 a.m. Oh, wow, I'm off. 6 a.m. Uh, Western. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that'll be a good schedule. We're going to try it with that. If it doesn't work, we'll adjust. But I was like, you know what? L.A. people, they'll, they'll be okay. Um, they can catch it when they wake up. Uh, my Eastern people, which is where a lot of my people are technically at, are only or will only have time potentially in the morning for these things. So this will be... The new thing. Anyway, all this is boring, and I'm going to push it out of the way, and we're going to move on into our topics, which really we have none today. <clears throat> There's so much going on in the world that I really, really don't know what to talk about. Everything is so <sighs> sensitive, but I will tell you what I've been working on. Been away because I've had the opportunity to work on three commercials um, that would be airing on Spectrum. Um, somebody that I uh, built a relationship with, um, his business is growing, and so uh, he had the opportunity to have uh, content promoted. Um, and so he called me, and so I felt really special because, you know, um, 
you could call anybody to do anything for you. And then when people actually have these bigger opportunities, they remember you because they're like, hey, no, your vision, the way you see things are completely different. And I would say, will say, it feels really good to hear things like that. And then like now, um, I guess like it's not like an every day, every week type thing. But now when I'm getting calls, I'm getting the rates that like I want for certain things. And so it's taken a while to get to that point. Um, not the, I guess, the most business intelligent when it comes to promoting myself. And, um, like, I'm even starting a, a personal channel just for myself of, like, you know, obviously I'm an editor, uh, director. Well, not obviously, but <laughs> I'm a, a director or uh, call myself self-proclaimed director, um, but more so director of photography. I can actually say that on my resume. Um editor, etc. And so on on my other channel, Danzler, um, I'm just gonna show like these moments of like just how I think as far as like my creative process flow. So I know I'm rambling a little bit, but um in the process of that, I, I really had fun, I, and I enjoyed the commercials. Uh, I believe they came out beautiful. Um, I'll ask him later if I can start showing them, just because I want to be respectful, obviously, to the client and what they what they have. Uh, uh, I don't know how to word it, but just their content. It's their content, like right. I don't. I like posting my work, but it's only my work if they didn't pay for it. If they paid for it, it's it's theirs. So. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed that, and then in addition to that, after I uh, was finished with that wonderful commercial, I was called for two music videos, which I wrote the treatment for. I think they're going to be very interesting. <clears throat> I went for a euphoria theme on both of them, um, but I want to make them different, like very personal, up and close. So I like the idea and concept, so that's a client and their manager, management um, and potentially there's a bigger deal, I'm hoping, on the back end of that if I finish these two videos and do well. So hopefully these are like little uh, holes for me to get into the industry. Um, I mean, that's all I've worked my ass off for, honestly. Um, it's not to be a statistic, which is what my mom uh, wanted for me, and to be successful that way even if I can't take a care, uh, take care of uh, the family that I have now, right, which immediately is my grandma and my grandpa, um, then I'd, I I want to be able to take care of, you know, the family that I build going forward in the future. Um, I say this all the time. I've seen plenty. I've seen millions go broke with millions. I've never seen billionaires go broke. I really don't consider the Kanye situation of him going broke because broke is like zero dollars and zero cents. Anyway. Um, I'm <clears throat> hoping for growth in my career this year. Um, I'm hoping to expand, uh, into a, a another realm. Um, I was also writing a feature film, um, and I'm currently praying and awaiting the results on that, um, currently um i'm being patient it's been in for like three weeks i don't expect to hear anything back for a while if i hear anything back um i think i will i don't think i'm not gonna <clears throat> necessarily say i'll get it but uh i did try to write this very differently than most projects are so i did take a risk because i wanted to if I have an opportunity to put out something, I want it, I want it to be new or fresh or different. 
and don't want to copy someone's recipe for something or kind of follow that mold or anything, then maybe I should because that's that's technically what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to find something in the industry that looks like what you want to create and then imitate it until you get to a position where you can create your own idea or own IP, which at that point is a risk, right? But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I'll get there. Anyway, moving forward and moving on, I know I was supposed to actually stream Monday, not Tuesday. Our new schedule is supposed to be Mondays and Fridays. I'll probably still won't follow that schedule. Like, I definitely, there will be scheduled, you mean, shows up on Monday and Friday, but I'll still probably jump in here and do more. Just because, again, I said I want to be consistent for 21 days, 21 days. So, yeah, in those 21 days, I'm going to try to release some shorts that uh, I've done previously in the past, some things that I'm currently uh, interested in. I, I definitely want to talk about um, what's going on in, in the pop world. Um, there was a lot that did happen since uh, I haven't been streaming or doing anything, none of the podcasts or shows. Um, the Lakers are actually in the play-ins. I think they play tonight. Go LA, go AD, go LeBron. Um, I believe that there was three uh, three politicians. I don't know their exact positions. I'm sorry um, that were um, protesting, and now two of the three have been expelled. I'm still researching that a little bit before I speak on it, and. It triggered a line of thinking for me. There were several uh, things that I became interested in. And so what I've been working on um, is a series. I plan to put it out on YouTube. It's going to be more documentary type. So um, this is planned out format. Like, right now, what I'm doing is just off the dome, right? Uh, freestyle, if you may. But I want to get into more of this crafted uh, storytelling in order to get better at telling stories. And I think YouTube is a great platform that gives me the opportunity and the ability to do that freely without it costing me really anything other than my time, which, I mean, time is a lot. But if it's something for myself, then I'm okay with that. But the story that I'm working on, and I'll share it with you, that's uh, mainly what this podcast will be about. It's what I'm working on. <laughs> because there's so much going on on this channel, I, I just have to find a niche. And I feel like my niche is just being very in detail. and uh, Or not even in, 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 in great detail, but more so how to think about something from a neutral state of mind and how to understand both sides and what is like missing and then try to come together to find like that real answer and so what I'm working on I know I'm dragging I'm dragging you I'm dragging you I'm dragging you I'm dragging you but what that is is uh it's called the American dream um the American dream and is it real and um you know, I, I personally have always believed in the American dream. I personally consider myself a patriot. I am black, but I'm also American. I want uh, equality, obviously, for my community. But I also, you know, think 
that we have come a long way. Um, and so that was part of this research is to really like challenge <laughs> that way of thinking. And challenge, challenge definitely is. Um, I would say by default, because I am black, right? This is going to be one of those deep conversations, I think, in my personal opinion. This is something I personally feel. But as a black man, I feel like I'm almost forced to be a Democrat. Um, I'll let you know a little bit about my personal beliefs as I speak about certain things. But I've always felt forced to be a Democrat. Um, Not that there was anything bad with that. But unfortunately, in the black community, the moment you try to question anything about um, being black, you you just end up in a certain lane. So it's like once you're black and you're Republican, right, it's just it automatically gets you to label coon. No one's really open minded and really hears why. Um, And I wouldn't say that I'm Republican. Um, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. I believe that I'm a moderate. I believe I'm right in the middle because both sides make sense and both sides are complete idiots. Take that as you may or as you will. I'm probably not smarter or more educated than the people on Capitol Hill. I'm using common sense for a lot of things. And then I'm using a little bit, a little bit of my intelligence just to kind of understand what's going on. And so I went back to, I haven't went back to the beginning because what I found out is the American dream did not exist or the terminology, the American dream did not exist at the beginning of time with our forefathers. Um, And so I I can't remember the information right now. I have it all down in a paper. That's why I'm doing the research. Like, this is a a lot because, again, this is part of the process of, like, I thought I learned a lot in school, and I didn't really take a lot of these classes in in college. So I thought I knew history, (laughs) and I really didn't. Um, So the first thing I started off with was the Emancipation Proclamation, Um, and that was interesting uh, to really understand our constitution at that point in time and so again this is where it's going to anger some people when I talk about certain things because as a black person I'm just not supposed to understand certain things I try to put myself in a neutral position again to understand both sides because I think that's how you're able to understand people all right you can't understand a racist by cussing them out, beating them up, and spitting on them. You have to sit and talk with them and understand why they are what they are, right? And I feel like that's with everything. So with that being said, the Emancipation Proclamation, the obviously that's the uh, freemen of, of slaves. And the whole process to get to that point, regardless if Lincoln had personal interest and want to release the slaves or not, I'm not here to debate that topic. Uh, or really to debate anything. It's just really more so of me understanding. Um, and so what happened in that in that moment in time is um, regardless if uh, Lincoln wanted to free the slaves or not, um, it was beneficial to have black people fighting a war for the Union, for the North. Um, and um, he wanted to do that by any means to preserve the North. His conflict was that 
as president, he did not have the power to free the slaves because slaves, and this is what I think is interesting and tricky about our Constitution, because slaves were considered property, the government could not seize property. Let me break that down for you. So because a person in America could legally buy a person with their money, the currency used in America, by being able to purchase said person that made them property, by law in America, under our forefathers, the original uh, Bill of Rights, the 10, 10 Bill of Rights, right? I believe it's 10. I could be wrong. Sorry. Sorry, America, if I'm wrong. But in those Bill of Rights, there is there is a Bill of Right that we follow under hard now that we don't want to happen even now, which is martial law, which is, in a sense, if you don't understand what martial law is, is being able to go into your home at any point in time and take whatever whatever the government wants. So... That was an issue. So me, unfortunately, being a black person, I understand that from the writing of the Constitution. Again, for going by the rules of the Constitution, I understand the premise and I understand why that was an issue and why, would, why that was right because that becomes what we consider a slippery slope. You allow an exception to one rule, well, what? keeps the rule from not working to all things. We've seen it in history, even now with uh, gay rights, which again is human rights, civil rights. Um, People want to denounce that, right? And unfortunately, I don't, because those laws are now in place for civil rights, you're not able to do that based on whatever reason you want to give, right? Which is a beautiful thing. It works for all groups and all people. So that's what made it hard for, for slaves to, to even become free. The only way that Lincoln was able to do it was as a chief and commander, which was a loophole. We're always able to find some type of loophole in the system, which is also beautiful. If you're smart enough, you'll figure it out. Um, and so they loopholed their way into being able to free the slaves in the South in order to fight for the Union. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, you know the story, uh, the North beat the South. Uh, uh, they, uh, the Congress voted for the amendment for slaves to no longer be slaves and to be free. That's how Juneteenth became a thing, and we became free. This is what became interesting to me and why I started the research paper. From that point, from the Emancipation Proclamation, black people have had three chances, or three times. I'm not gonna say chances, because that's a horrible word, because we should have had more chances. But we had three times in American history where the American dream applied to black people. So the American dream existed for uh, Caucasian people, Europeans, whatever you want to call them during that period of time, Americans. Um, I don't really want to use that because it sounds offensive because I feel like we were all Americans. But anyway, um, during that period of time, all those people, how bad? The, let, me, let me go back for a moment. The black people being free from the Emancipation Proclamation versus white people who had been citizens of America, 
had different views of what the American dream is, was throughout history. For Caucasians, the American dream was true and a reality. I'm not sure, again, before the Emancipation Proclamation, because I'm still researching that, but after the Emancipation Proclamation, Americans were doing good up until they started messing with black people and the war started. But black people have had only three times where it mattered for us. I'm going to give you those three times. The three times for us was right after the Emancipation Proclamation, right? Second time was during, and this is going to sound so sad, so sad and disheartening, it was during Martin Luther King's time during the Civil Rights Movement, and more specifically, Black Wall Street. And when the bombings happened, when all that mess happened in Alabama, um, that crippled the uh, Black American dream. It didn't reappear again <clears throat> until right now. So those are your three moments in history. Was the Emancipation Proclamation, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and George Floyd. Because after George Floyd, that's when every black person started getting the opportunity in America. That's when doors started swinging open for people that used to not get a opportunity. Which, there's a bad and good thing because, again, diversity training don't necessarily need it or care for it. And I also am not a fan. This goes into the slippery slope thing. Again, this might be the bad side of me being black, but uh, I just feel like regardless of the color, sex, race, age, whatever, right? I feel like it should be based on your talent and your skill and your experience not the color of your skin, because that's still the sense of like racism. Like, like yeah, if your department is 100% white, there's a problem. Because there's no way 100% of these white people are better than every single group of other races. However, pick the people who are best for the position, however that may play. All I'm saying is if, you're, if it was basketball, basketball, you would want everybody on the court you wouldn't want to see an all-white team if they're not the best team. You wouldn't want to see an all-black team if they're not the best team. I want to see the best people on the court at all times. So, retract a little bit. But those are the three times that black people have had an American dream. White people, for the most part, uh, um, after the first war, so from 1920s, um, I believe, I could be wrong, again, correct me anytime, dummy talk, whole name, I'm not a genius at this, but from the 1920s until the 1930s, and there was a uh, slouch um, until the 50s. The 50s is like the golden era of America, uh, and then the 50s until like the 60s, and in the, in the 60s started being like a, a mix, right, because this is when um, the Vietnam War uh, began, um, the Cold War was a thing. Um, and then we get to the 80s, which was another golden era for Americans because of Reagan, right? Which was one of the mo worst moments in history for uh, black people. And then you get, obviously, Bush. And then you get Clinton. And then you get Bush. 
And then you get Obama, which you would think was an era of black people, but it really wasn't because there was so much hate and disdain for the for the uh, current president at that time that a lot of suppression happened to um, black people, black leaders, black potential. That's why you don't really see a lot of black people upping to be president or up or even headed, you know, in that line of secession. You thought it would have been crazy, like seeing black women and men. I'm not. Uh, I do not count Kamala, Kamala, whatever. I do not. I'm saying this publicly. I do not care for her. I did not ever see her claim her blackness as she was growing up, as she uh, destroyed black men's lives and targeted them the same way that Fani is in Georgia. Um, the, the difference of why I dislike Fani even more than I dislike uh, Kamala is that Kamala looks like she didn't listen to rap. When I mean, she did, then cool. But Fani is a hood rat, and she listened to all of that. And so there's nothing wrong with being a hood rat because I love hood babies. I love the ratchets. I love it all. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm from El Dorado, Arkansas. Uh, I love all of it. You know what I'm saying? In Orlando, Pine Hills, love it all. You know what I'm saying? Temper scan, love it all. But what I'm saying is don't don't be a part of it and then switch on it, right? And I'm going to talk about that later in a whole other thing, but that's what a whole lot, a whole lot of, whole lot of what was going on. You feel me? So bringing it back, right, um, the American dream didn't exist for black people until now, um, Emancipation Proclamation and Dr. Martin Luther King. And then um, I went deeper, right? I said, well, I know this about black people, right? Because we had to deal with redlining. We had to deal with Jim Crow. <laughs> we had to deal with, ooh, man, when I tell you, I'm not going to say I, I never thought that systematic racism wasn't a thing, but I didn't really want to pay attention to it. I, I like want to ignore it because we got to get along. Right. That's how I, I feel like racism is the wall that keeps us away from riches. Um, but man, when you do your research, there if you have any what of a any somewhat of a brain, you can't ignore the fact that it's there. And I don't know if it's still being going on now because I'm not again, I'm not done with this research. I'm just sharing with you where I'm at currently with it. What I'm seeing now just in the sixties, seventies, and eighties is Definitely systematic racism. So the next two things I'm going to go into uh, of my study was um, the opinion of people that are not educated on things. So that's why I'm trying to stay away from an opinion on this, although I do have one, unfortunately, as we do as people. And then I want to talk about the war on drugs. Because those were two things to me. Two things to me in, in history that were crazy. So I'm, I'm going to actually type that. War on drugs. And, <coughs> excuse me. My bad. <laughs> the war on drugs and uh, uh, the Vietnam War. So the Vietnam War. I, as an American, was always raised and taught that we lost, we lost, we lost, we lost, we lost the Vietnam War and the Korean War. And, you know, I believed it. 
But this is why it's important to do your research. Americans are a funny thing. We are a bitter, entitled people. That's really how to explain this. Entitled. <laughs> Very entitled. Aggressive to the point where it doesn't even make sense because majority of Americans are not alphas. They don't exercise. They are not at the top of the food chain. If you put them in another country, they would be food. And don't get me wrong, I'm proud to be an American. But even I'm a little jelly right now, like as in soft. Like my body's not where it needs to be. I couldn't run 10 miles. Could probably do a mile in under 10 minutes. That's horrid. Like I should be able to do a mile <laughs> way under that. And so my point of that is having an opinion when you haven't went through something and having an opinion when you don't educate yourself, again, from a neutral standpoint, can put people in the country at risk long term. The Vietnam War, from what I'm understanding, was a war between, or at least, a, I don't know if they were two different countries at the time. I'm still not kind of understanding that because obviously I only see them as one country. But I'm going to separate them as two countries, the North and the South, same way with Korea. The North represented communism. The South represented democracy. And America wanted to help the South. The South was being invaded by the North communism and being aided by what is now Russia, but then the USSR, the Soviet Union, communism. Now, if you guys don't know, a few years prior to that, there was a major war from a guy who was fascist Fascist, fascist, by the name of Adolf Hitler. And so that put America on notice that if it wasn't democracy, if it isn't democracy, it's probably a threat to freedom. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm an American. I feel the same way about communism because that's all I've been trained to know. And even as I try to understand it from a neutral standpoint, I see people that don't enjoy it either. Like there's people that's not happy in here in America, but it's more from a spoiled entitlement type of thing. It's not really human rights errors. There are moments, don't get me wrong. But I would consider that's an anomaly among the 350 million people in this country. It is a very low percentile. I feel like any threat that does not get higher than 10% is not an issue. That is me personally. Again, I look at things from a number perspective. I look at things that people would probably f freak out about. But unfortunately, the facts are facts to me. Moving forward. We were trying to defend South Korea from, I mean, my bad, North Vietnam. My bad. <laughs> South Vietnam from North Vietnam. We aided, we helped, and this is why I'm confused on how we lost, because we helped another country and we're winning. And the country was in good standings and would have potentially won that war had we stayed involved. 
And our casualties, yes, we had casualties for Americans, but in comparison, they were nothing compared to the Civil War. But at this time, the celebrity was becoming the new thing in America. <coughs> America invented the celebrity, and it was probably one of the worst mistakes we could have did as a country. It's a country, right? Now, I will say the government was being dirty about some things, not transparent to its citizens about some things, and I do condemn that completely. But what I also condemn is celebrities coming in and having an opinion about these things. Now, this is where everyone's going to hate me because now this is where I have a neutral mind and thinking. And if you know the history of this time, you know the names I'm getting ready to bring up. Fonda was an issue. There was another man. I have it in my paper. I have the whole research. But Fonda was the main issue that should have never opened her mouth. Not only Fonda. I'm not getting on just the women's ass. I'm getting on the black men's ass, too. Muhammad Ali. I under Again, I understand Muhammad Ali's position, and I'm not going against Ali. I agree with Ali, but I also agree that there were two things going on there, and two things can be true. The war needed to happen, and they were being racist by making that man try to go to that war. I just don't agree with the political part of saying we don't need to be over there doing anything. Because the way I look at it, you say it's innocent people. <laughs> Those people are innocent until they want to kill you. Because other countries can't convince their people to believe something. And regardless if we think that way, if they have the chance, and they hate Americans, everyone hates Americans, if they have the chance to wipe us off the map, they're going to do it. So always look out for your best interest as a country. Anyway, there were multiple celebrities, white men, black men. I don't I didn't see any black women. Um I'm I I, I, I wish everybody celebrity-wise would have just understood more of the situation first and not said anything cuz that same thing still goes on today. And it screws us. I'm going to tell you why it screws us. We listened to the celebrities because the celebrities were able to flip the people. When the people no longer became interested in the war, there was no longer backing. Obviously, politicians are going to go in the wave of the people. So then the presidents had to pull out, or the president had to pull out. Again, I'll have his name in the actual, um, in the actual doc. They pull out of Vietnam. They were winning. In two years, the North gets more help from the Soviet Union because we didn't know at the time that Russia was helping with wars. We didn't know that. We didn't know that. It was something we learned later in history, like recently, at least to the public. The military probably knew, but we only knew here recently. We pull out. Within two years, the North takes over the South, leading to one of the most hurtful and sad moments in history. 
both for American, Vietnam, and world history. Democracy failed. Communism prevailed. And the problem that Americans said wasn't their problem. Their house is on fire, but that's not my house, so I'm not trying to worry about it. Now the fire is in our backyard. Because communism is China, is Russia, is what they're influenced by, Saudi Arabia, Brazil. Even though they have elections, look at the infrastructure, how things are ran. Countries in Africa. And they're all banding up together now to try to lower the dollar, to try to take the dollar out of power. Now, that may not be a big issue to a lot of people. It's like, oh, why is that an issue, Darius? Why is that an issue? Why is that an issue? I'm going to tell you why it's an issue. That puts us in a position where we only have one choice. That's to go to war. But we can't. Well, why can't we go to war, Darius? <laughs> Let's break it down. If Saudi Arabia, let's just take away Saudi Arabia. If the Middle East, because it's really the Middle East. If the Middle East bands up with China, that's a lot of oil. A lot of the world's resources as far as oil. And if we're already not trading with Russia, who has a lot of oil, and a lot of resources they haven't even tapped into because they haven't tried to explore their region based off of the weather conditions. And if they get countries in Africa, the richest continent in the world, and China has several relationships based on things that they are helping with the infrastructure there in China, then you can cut off the world's oil supply and put an embargo. And if you don't think an embargo would work, well, the embargo ruined the American dream when America decided to defend Israel. And again, I'm not going to have an opinion on that. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say I feel like we should have never pulled out of the Vietnam War. With the Israel conflict, I don't know what have been the reverse side of that. What I will say is that defending Israel did put us into an embargo which threw our car economy into whack, which is what led Americans to buy foreign cars, which led to our money being funneled out of America into other countries to where we don't get it back, which held with inflation. Yeah. So every little decision changes everything in this country. And then you see the long-term effects. And I still think we would have been saved, but then there was another issue, and this is the next point. The war on drugs. White people were convinced, and I hate to say this this way because this is what it was. I'm not even going to say white people. The people of this country, the people of this country were convinced that drugs were bad. Drugs are bad. Again, another thing that I've been raised a certain way, lived a certain way, understood life, seen 
the hood, seeing the suburbs. And what I seen was that drugs aren't good. That's what common sense would tell you. This is one of those things where I would say even common sense, just looking at it like, oh, person does dope. Dope gets done. Person messes their life up. Don't do dope. He need to leave that dope alone. Simple as it is. But it's not. Because good old boy Nixon started a campaign on a war on drugs and Ronald Reagan helped it. Oh, man. This is a story from hell, too. It's crazy to think this. And I won't go in deep into the war on drugs because it's a deep conversation. I'm just going to touch the, the top of it of how I feel about it. <clears throat> Again, this will be in the series of the American Dream, the war on drugs. It's going to be a series. I'm going to break it down. It's going to be a long series, but it's going to be entertaining. <laughs> the thing with the war on drugs, and this is what started changing my mind as I did research as an adult. If you allow everyone to do their drugs in a specific, specific, very specific area, where there are doctors and trained professionals in order to help those people in those situations and allow them to use until you can either, one, wing them off of it, or two, they just cope with it on a healthy level. Then the crime would go away. And I know that sounds so backwards, because I was like, there's, <laughs> there's no way. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, two plus two is equaling one right now, not, not four. It's not making sense. And then it made sense because I was able to see an example. See, I lived in Florida um, for at least a, a decade, so like a generation. I seen the prices of weed fluctuate a lot. I seen the price get very high for weed. And then I just seen it drop. And then it kept dropping. And it really plummeted up until the pandemic. And I found that interesting during a time. And then, as, you know, as an adult, I can kind of reflect on it now. And it makes sense because when the price started to drop is when they started to legalize in other states. It started becoming legal medically in other states. And so when the access to that drug hit the market to where you could get safer, better drugs, because people are always going to trust the doctor before they trust the streets, then those people just go to the doctor. I'm going to tell you, it sucks for all the drug dealers out there. But if I may be honest here, drug dealers, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me. If someone steals your product out of your store, you can't call the police. You can't have them arrested. This is why the culture of the streets is not to communicate with the police because the police are not going to help you. They're going to take you to jail, unfortunately. Regardless of how I feel, there's things I just on street politics I agree with, and then but there's just you know common sense here. This is just the facts of it. 
if someone steals an ounce off you, a QP off you, a play off of you, you can't report that crime. But you also can't just ignore it because, I mean, you just lost money. Two, if someone finds out that they, that you lost product and you did nothing about it, Right? Just like a store gets stolen from, if that person doesn't get persecuted, then more people are going to steal from the store. Well, more people are going to steal from you. So then you're going to go to business and then be in a, in a bad place. So what do you have to do? You have to exert some type of punishment on people. Yourself or through your own law enforcement, gang, mob, cartel, whatever you want to call it. And they go and do your bidding. But, I mean, once it gets there, it gets there. So there's really no limit because it's not really like you're going to police yourself. You can't lock people up. It's kidnapping. It's a life sentence. Same thing I can get for kidnapping. Might as well just unalive you. Unfortunately, that is the unfortunate truth to the crimes and how they are and how people think. So people get hurt. People lose their lives. Murder happens. All kidnap, all this goes up because of these transactions that happen. And a lot of people are doing it because, again, you got to think about it. If the drug empire is a multi-billion, multi-trillion dollar industry, one person, one company can't do it. So think about Apple, Microsoft, Google, all these companies with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of employees. Those are now street people, criminals. I have to keep this organization like I say, have a family to feed. They're on survival, too. But if you take that money and that resource away, it collapses that economy. Because, again, no one trusts the drug dealer. No one trusts the criminal. I'm going to trust the doctor, even if the doctor is a criminal, too. It doesn't matter your opinion. It matters what's already been embedded into people's minds for generations. And so... Even with the street life and culture, majority of people, it's an anomaly that if people stay inside of that life. So people become wiser or just tired of that lifestyle. So they're eventually going to come around. So if you made all the drugs legal, which would happen with marijuana, if you made, when they started making marijuana legal, it demonetized it. It decriminalized it because it demonetized it. The same thing with fentanyl. You have fentanyl, right? We buck China on their deficit and they were like nah we're gonna get our money and they ran the drugs up from the bottom of south america up into guam and guatemala that got pushed all the way up excuse me into our borders and so the more and more you tell people they can't do drugs like remember they started shutting down meth labs crack all that right did whatever they could shut these drugs down shut these drugs down but then if Americans aren't making the money, then it's uh, it's other people. I don't know who those people are. I'm not going to say their names. I'm just saying that other people make money and they're not Americans. And then they push it up in here. And then so if it's not money being made by Americans, and if it's not money being spent in America, then it's money disappearing out of the economy that's being spent in other countries to help grow those countries get assets that is more valuable there because of the currency. It doesn't do anything for us. 
So then that causes inflation once again because the American government has to print more money. So now we're like this global economy and it's slowly dragging that American dream down. That's where I pay attention to what is being done. By the way, the war on drugs, the, it, it, it was only ever 1% solved of how much drugs actually got off the street versus how much the crime rate actually went down versus everything. And so it's hurt our economy. It's hurt money. It's made people probably in private sectors a lot of money. The people that are, and this is you know, a little fun fact. I'm also putting this in a series. So don't, the people that are lobbying, campaigning for this to not be like a resolution are the companies that benefit from it, like prisons. And me personally, I just think that if you can close more prisons down because you don't need people in there, you can have them functioning functioning towards society in a better way, why not do it? But it's because of money. And that's our issue. That's what happened in the 80s. Reagan was the person who finally killed the American dream for everyone. Reagan allowed private sector to be able to buy up what was needed by the public. So imagine your farms and your factories and your small mom and pop shops. Reagan, there was already a stock market, but Reagan basically took the hinges took the reins off of them and allowed them to do what they wanted to. And so with Reagan, everyone that says Reagan was one of the best presidents ever, you must be an elitist. Because if you're middle class, I'd have to I have to ask you to reevaluate his presidency, being able to look back on it now 40 years later. Being able to look at his presidency for 30 to 40 years later, would you still feel, and doing research, not just going off of what you heard in school and doing your own research, would you still feel that he's great? Because I would say even for white people, like he helped war on drugs on black people, which screwed us. But that was Nixon. Nixon started. But Reagan, Reagan helped the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Reagan allowed the stock market to go up and buy, right? Not buy, but tell people basically, hey, you can get involved in, in, in the market and you'll make this and this and this and this. And so people would open up their, their companies, their mom and pop shops thinking, oh, not, not and really understanding the politics of the market and then get in and then have investors, have board members, trustees, all that good fun stuff. And then the companies, the bigger companies, would come in and give them ridiculous amounts of money worth way more than what the shares are on the stock. So imagine my company is only worth like 10, 10 cents a share, but somebody's willing to come in and say, oh, I'll give you $100 a share, and you have 100,000 shares. You're like, oh, wasn't this the goal? Wasn't this the dream? Yeah, here you go. And so they buy everybody else out around except for the actual owner. But then the owner has to sell out because he has no control. So he has to sell the company. This allows companies to be able to monopolize, which is still an issue to this day. 
of monopoly, no matter how much we break up companies, our laws are still not in place because, you know, if you would just allow the people to vote for lobbying, to say that lobbying is not allowed on the federal level at all, I think on the state level, cool. We can we can address that in another conversation. But on a federal level, when we're talking about our presidency, we're talking about Congress, no. And Congress should not be allowed to vote on it because obviously if the lobbyists are putting money in their pockets, their campaigns, their future, their livelihood, they're never going to go against that donor. The people need to be able to make decisions like that. And that's why the American dream, in my opinion, is dying, if not dead. We're dealing with a huge conflict right now that even if we bully ourselves into anything, we potentially <laughs> will put ourselves in the worst recession, depression. They'll probably call it the, the unalive era because there will be so many people that lose their minds here. And I believe our country can pull out of it. I, I believe uh, we are resilient. I believe that we have great minds here. No matter what people say, all the minds of the world still come to America to study and learn. Show me another college that people go to other, uh, that's not Western, right? Everyone from the East still comes to Western schools. So I don't believe the curve is enough to hurt us, but it's the resources that would hurt Americans because of our impatience and inability just like um with the vietnam thing the thing same thing is happening with ukraine and, and taiwan americans are saying that's not our issue that's not our problem i'm gonna say this if your phone my computer the way we travel as far as like our car batteries if everything that has energy that uses energy that we do on our day-to-day -day lives that, that cell phone in your hand is that main thing that we all need today, to be honest. If that stopped working or you were no longer able to get a new one or any of that, how, how do you think that would affect our economy? If there were no more cell phones overnight, how, how would that affect our economy? I want you to think, if there were no more cars on any level, no more planes on any level, how would that affect our economy? That's the issue in Ukraine. You may not understand it, but they control majority of the world's lithium. If majority of the world's lithium is coming from Ukraine and Russia has 20% of the world's lithium and they're trying to gain the other majority part, what do you think they're going to do to the prices of lithium to the world? in order to make themselves the superpower again, to become the USSR again, to start bullying that region again, and to start taking over the land and the infrastructure. What do you think they'll do? They'll go to war for that. I would too. In addition to it, they only have one part to really have an, a defensive or an attack formation on. So they need Ukraine to be able to open up that area. I come again, coming from a neutral standpoint, I understand both sides of everything. From American interest standpoint, it is in our interest to make sure that Russia does not take Ukraine. China, we need to leave China alone. That's not our issue. That's not our problem. China is communist. It's communist. It's the same thing that Americans said with Vietnam once again. It's not our problem. It's not our problem. Again. 
I have no personal problem with China, but I have a problem with China trying to take power and not be equal powers with us. If you want to be communistic and just do all your stuff over there and not tell us how we're going to do stuff, cool. But I started noticing that with the NBA, that's when my my eyes perked up to like, hey, we're American. We don't, we don't, you know, we're not really good at listening to other people. Like you trying to tell us our content. And that's when I started figuring out like, oh, like our movies are nah. Like, we're about expression, and if you guys, because that's how you rock over there, you don't want people expressing themselves because it's your way to control, cool. We're going to express ourselves, and then it's our government's job to figure out how to flip all that. That's cool to me, too, but I'm not, I'm, I'm just not with that. So when you're talking about that issue, yeah, like, China t- trying to go at it with Taiwan when Taiwan for sure has what we need, which is the ability to make microchips. Now, uh, as again, another thing, if, if we go without planes, cars, computers, cell phones, anything electronic whatsoever, if that disappears from our economy, because I believe they control 60% of the materials needed to make microchips, America contains 20%, and I think the rest of the world splits it up, you know, wherever it may be. Why do you think America has interest? Why do you think we've built that line of defense by Taiwan in order to help them in case something breaks out. We can't afford to lose Taiwan. Like, Taiwan is democracy. We are fighting for democracy. And if you touch Taiwan, I fully and 100% agree as an American, and further I educate myself on this as an American, that yes, that is an issue for us. You can't take lithium and you can't take the components to make microchips because that is our economy you come to america to learn these things and then and and rightfully so you should go back to your country and build your country up but not at the expense of our country no unfortunately and i know america's done some bad things i'm not sitting here saying america's perfect at all i'm just saying at this point because i am american i'm about protecting our better interest. I have a family. I plan to raise a family. I plan to be an American and to raise American citizens. I plan to do a lot inside of this country with my community. I plan to help the black community become a staple inside of this country. And so anything that keeps me away from my dream of what I'm trying to build as my American dream is an issue whether it be internal or external. My thing is, I just want to figure out how to get Americans to bridge together because, again, racism and everything that we're dealing with right now is nowhere near compared to what Ukraine is going through right now with war on their homeland. We've never had war on our homeland. That's why I'm not open to the gun debate conversation at all, right now, at all, because I feel like Americans need access to guns. Because to be real, like everyone says, oh, we'll we'll never be able to go against our military. First of all, our military would most likely never go against us because again, they have loved ones here. So there's enough loved ones that get to talking, it becomes complicated. It's not gonna happen that way. And in addition to that, if you understand how equipment works. Tanks still need soldiers, so you still got to take out the military, man, and you can do a lot to modify that gun to compete, and then those tanks are weak. There's a lot of ways that if you understand war equipment, 
you could actually mess it up. The only thing that we would be technically screwed on is Jets. If Jets just started bombing American cities from us, then we'd be screwed. But if we band together, there's no other country that has guns, which is why their people are so easily invaded. Japan would have never had as many people die in World War II had their citizens actually been had guns and been equipped with them. They were just out there, and we were having a hard time with them gunless. Now, imagine these people with the type of morale they had with guns. American people definitely have some morale. Like, that, you, you're, not, you're not beating down America. Americans will die about it. And so thinking that anyone could ever invade this country is impossible. You would have to break us up internally and then invade. And so that's why, to me, figuring out our issues internally when they're minor is very important to me going forward in the future. Um, otherwise, we may actually be screwed. But other than that, that, uh, that is my subject for today's podcast. I just wanted to talk about, yeah, the research that I'm doing. And I had to take a break from that research because it was getting dark. Like, I, I have a pretty positive, good mind. And it was definitely taking me some places like, wow, wow, to the point where I, I, I was like, yeah, let me, I know I have a very strong mental, but it was, there's a lot of things I haven't shared yet. Again, I want you to go watch it <laughs> when it's out. But it was very entertaining, um, very uh insightful and enlightening um and it also made me start thinking of another video to do that's even more niche down um and it may be a little radical this is gonna be the one that no one really kind of agrees with i kind of don't agree with it myself but i i it's like the thought and the premise so i want to open a conversation and that is whoo hope y'all ready for this one should the United States Constitution be rewritten? Mm. Is it obsolete? Is it outdated? Based on the Emancipation Proclamation that human beings, slaves, were property, and that the IQ level of those in the 1700s is nowhere near compared to the average American IQ today, I would say that... Um, it's a conversation. But again, it's radical because it's very scary of what could happen on either side of changing too many things. So where the people don't understand it long term. I just think the things that our forefathers wrote on that piece of paper, uh, as in we shouldn't be um, involved in foreign affairs, which clearly is idiocy at, bad, at best, um, I think there is a conversation there. So... Again, I'm not pushing for it. These are just like my little mind, my little mind, and the thoughts that I have, and I wanted to share them. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But teach me. Let's just have the debate. Let's have the dialogue. I feel like that's how we push things forward. Um, that's why I love the internet. Collective learning is a thing. Everyone seeing the same information in their brain starts to process it in its own way, and so there will be a discovery amongst those minds. The more information is accessible, the more that things can change. Other than that, I thank you so much for tuning in to our 
Dummy Talk podcast. Again, none of this is 100% factual. I'm not claiming facts. I mean, I did say facts inside of that, but even me saying facts, still my view of how I see things so it still can be opinionated. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. You have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. And yeah, stay stupid.